Welcome to Future Fuzz, the digital marketing podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome to the next edition of Future Fuzz, the digital marketing podcast. I'm delighted to welcome onto the show today Fred Maud from Adesu. Fred, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Yourself? Yes, doing good here. It's baking hot here in Hilversum in the Netherlands, like 34 degrees. I don't know what it's doing today in London. Uh, it's not 34 degrees, but it's 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 pretty stuffy, uh, especially as I'm like down in a basement area at the moment. <laughs> so, okay, <laughs> I hope you've got enough oxygen to get you through this podcast. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I've I've got got lots of water. Well, that will help. Brilliant. Thanks very much for coming on to the show at such short notice. We've had a lot of um, requests and questions around AI. So I went out there to uh, to my network and asked around and said, who can we talk about uh, AI to? And uh, your name immediately popped up. Um, so it's really great to talk to you about this today. Um, first of all, like maybe you can tell us a bit about your background and also your uh, company, Adesu. Yeah, yeah, of course. First, first of all, very flattered that my name came up so quickly. Um, but yeah, my, my background uh, initially is is it was account management in in digital marketing. Actually, before that, it was geology, but I don't actually think that's hugely relevant here. Um, and then I went into account management, city, and then following that, um, moved. Well, so I started writing a few uh, AdWord scripts back in the day, uh, and then transitioned into um, a product role uh, and I ended up running running a product team uh, for, for a big big UK agency uh, at some stage um, you yeah you, you kind of want to build these things yourself don't you um, and then I wanted to go off and actually build my own my own tools and my own company um, so I took my product skill and I, I set up Adesu, I'd say product skill, but um, yeah, ever ever learning my trade, uh, not um, certainly not there yet with it. Uh, but in terms of Adesu, we are we're, we're a digital marketing toolbox, so we've got a few different different uh, features to us, and, and companies or brands uh, pay us to to help them manage their their digital marketing better. Um, that comes across in, in many different ways. We we typically help them either manage their suppliers better. Or we help them manage their in-house teams better and can supplement them with additional supplies when they need them. Uh, how that works is there's a lot of lot of reporting, a lot of auditing, um, and also uh, we're, we're obviously moving into to the world of AI as well uh, to kind of supplement uh, our reporting and auditing tools uh, as they are. And would you say that Adesu helps people become more efficient with also media spend as well or campaign spend? Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah, we do that. We do that as well. Um, we're kind of initially what we look at is uh, how can we how can we deliver quick wins for clients and and typically um, we're able to save brands uh, between ten and twenty percent of their media spend within within two weeks without impacting revenue. That's just from from basic auditing, um, but obviously that doesn't then take into account. Uh, like the longer term strategic stuff we do with them, which is obviously going to have going to have a much bigger, more compounding effect over over the years to come, uh, which is making sure that they're using the right suppliers to achieve the right goals, uh, and also making sure that they're, they're implementing the right um, media 
media plans um, and, and and roadmaps across across all, all the digital marketing channels. Really, that's pretty powerful that you can go in and do that in such a short space of time and then not impact revenues. Just effectively make them make them more efficient with what they're doing. Um, yeah. You use AI at the moment in, I mean, like, let's let's dive straight into AI. So how are you using it in your business and how are you using it within Adesi? Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's kind of think of think of AI uh, in three different, three different layers, really, in, in, in our business. Um, you have what you're selling to people. Uh, so, so are we building a tool that, that we're going to sell on to people? Um, and and I'm not talking about actually building the 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 actual generative AI itself, but how we're using the generative AI, and then we're going to sell it on. How we're using it internally, which is again again different. How we're using it to to improve our efficiency, and also how are we which is slightly separate, but how are we encouraging uh, our staff to use it uh, and and our teams to make sure that they're. Uh, I guess not going to lose out as as the world moves towards AI. Um, I can start with with how we're selling it at the moment, if that works. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Yeah. So obviously, obviously, when it when it um, when when there was all this big uh, chat GPT, um, I guess I guess pandemonium was the only way to describe it. But uh, it's probably November last year it started. Uh, and then and then pushed into this year. Um, we as a company, or me, me and my co-founder, sat down and we said, okay, well, how are we gonna how are we gonna build some products um, into our into our toolbox to make sure that um, we don't lose out in uh, we'll call it an arms race, although I kind of just have um, call it call it an AI race, yeah, <laughs> an AI, an AI race. Uh, how are we going to make sure that we don't lose out? Um, and uh, I think the first place you always start is like trusted partners, um, and and we were we were very lucky uh, to to have a partner and that they're someone that I've worked with a lot over the last last five or six years, and, and they're a customer of ours. Um, and I said, I've got this idea. I don't know if it's going to work, but will you will you will you pay us to to find out? And luckily enough, they said they said yes. Uh, so uh, we we went off and we found out if if our tool was going to work. And what what effectively we're doing uh, is we are we're obviously as as we've got this audit tool, we've got we've got a vast vast amount of data coming in on on, on a daily basis across. Um, I think we're up to nine ad platforms now, right? And at least at least five different reports from each ad platforms coming through. So as a, as a starting point, what we did is okay, okay, well, uh, this brand in particular that they, they have problems with with translation, um, uh, so they they run they run uh, ecom websites. In in let's let's use the U.S., France, and and Spain as an example, um, and and the problem that they've got is when they when <laughs> someone is sat in the U.K. doing the translations, right, uh, and it sits in 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 a file somewhere, and over time, um, maybe things get jumbled up, maybe the person who did the original translation has has caused error, um, maybe that they've classic like forgot to. The, the the words are slightly different in different countries. For instance, like the classic is trousers and, and, and pants in the US. Right. Yeah. Um, 
So what we did was we we set up a pipeline where we take in the UK feed, uh, and as a starting point, we we work to translate it uh, through a pipeline that says, okay, but make sure you consider the US English. Make sure that you consider this. Make sure that you do all of this, which takes um, a little bit of training. Um, and then we've basically overlaid in, okay, well, so we got all this search term data and this is how it performs up against um, these products. And in the past, uh, and it's called keyword seeding, what you used to have to do was, well, that's what I used to do, was you, you, you do a little dash and then any of the keywords that convert a lot, you kind of put them at the end. So you append them at the end of the product title. Right. Um, and what that, and what that does is when, when I go on to search, uh, for a product in Google, your product's more likely to show. It will show higher up the page because it, because that's how, that's how Google shopping works. It, it matches your product titles, uh, to the search term. Um, and as a result of that, because there's, there's, because our, product title and search term are similar, um, you'll go up the page, your CPCs will be lower, your CTR will be higher and you'll have more conversions. But what what you couldn't do previously was how do I get these words? How do I get these words and get them to put them in to the places in the middle of this product title and still make the title make sense? Right, okay. So what we've done is we said, right, uh, we use GPT uh, in Azure, and we said, okay, we'll take these search terms now. Okay, these are the ones that are converting. Now, can you put them in this product title and make it make sense? Uh, which is quite, quite simple. But then we do this on a daily basis uh, and we take into account changes in search term behavior. So these product titles are now dynamically changing on a day-to-day basis based on what people are searching for. So I observed the other day that Benzema... And I, uh, yeah, and are you seeing better results from that? Are you seeing better results? Yeah, from we did that um, in, in itself. So, <laughs> I actually, my, my co-founder told me not to not to send the stats on to the client because they weren't very believable. Uh, but <laughs> uh, we saw we saw a ninety three percent uplift in in revenue uh, versus <laughs> the 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 control set on the, on on that initial test. Really? So, from the AI generated set. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay, brilliant. And how are you using it internally? Yeah, how are so, you implementing AI so, yeah, then the, as the a team? AI as a team, I guess, is, is, is for me. It's all about efficiency um, and, and making sure that we're we're basically encouraging people to use use AI as much as possible. I was, I uh, it's a bit. I guess it's, it's a very old, very old analogy. But I always say to say to my team that um, I, don't, I don't know if you've watched well you must have watched or read charlie and the chocolate factory at some point but the the toothpaste factory analogy uh which is that at the beginning of the film uh charlie's charlie's father i think he might have also been called charlie um uh is is fired from the toothpaste factory because they've got machines coming in to do the toothpaste capping uh and at the end he he's actually given the job of fixing the machines um, and the idea being that, that yes, our right. old jobs and the way that we used to do them, probably in Excel, probably in, um, in, in, in manually doing slides and so on, is, is going to change. But if you know how to fix the machines or know how to, to work the machines, then, then your job will change or it will evolve. So I think the most thing that we're trying to do internally is 
empower people to use the AI tools and to work with them properly. Um, so we, we're doing things like internal right. competitions. Yeah. We give out uh, Amazon vouchers um, every every month, I believe, every four weeks for whoever's come up with the most innovative way of using it in in their in their processes on a day to day basis. Um, really, just to get people used to using it because I've, I've sounds weird, but I found people scared of scared of using it almost. If that makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think if people don't understand something or they're, yeah, understanding often is the key thing, isn't it? And if they don't understand it or they're not sure, then then that brings about a lot of fear, doesn't it? That's, yeah. that's typically what happens. The people were indeed scared of robots taking over their jobs, but now there are huge companies that build robots um, yeah, and yeah. need lots and lots of people in, in order to do that. So it's maybe that's a little bit to do with it. But the incentive idea is really good, right? So you put out a competition. Who can who can implement AI in the most innovative way or, or smartest way? And then, yeah, and, then they, and then they're rewarded for that. That sounds like a good idea. Yeah, they are. And, and they are. are people, the, the are people taking is, that up. Um, I think and it, and it, it's a bit more simple than, than AI, which, which uh, is, is basically that... We, a lot of people who are not from product or tech backgrounds don't really understand how the idea of a sprint works. Um, so we're doing these these kind of competitions in the form of sprints. So every two weeks they come back in and they've set themselves tasks and they go off and complete the tasks and then they come back and they demo them uh, to me and then I help them and guide them to do the next step. So it's not just, obviously the AI point is great, uh, but it's also about getting them used to how, I guess, agile tech teams work as well, uh, which is quite, I think, I think a really good, good skill and lesson to have at any position you work in in a business. Yeah, brilliant. Nice one. And how about, um, so we, we covered this, colored the selling, right? So how you're, you're selling it into companies and how mm-hmm. other companies could be selling it in as well and seeing great results. You've talked about how you can use it internally and intensifies people and that people should be, let's say, trained on it or, or use it in their daily work. Just to back that up with a bit of a stat, um, I did a poll on LinkedIn the other day and asked people, uh, asked people, do you use AI in your daily work? And the, uh, the answers they could choose from was, yes, I use AI daily. Um, and then the, other, the second answer was like, maybe I use it. I'm not sure it could be implemented in another system that I use. So sort of a maybe. And then um, the the final question was, no, I don't use AI at all. Now, the, the, the results are pretty interesting. So 50% of people said that they use AI daily. Um, and then around about 30% said they might use it, but they weren't sure. And then there was the rest said that they didn't use AI at all. So it's quite an interesting stat that yeah. that uh, it's about 50-50, right? 50% are actively using it on a daily basis and then half are not using yeah. it at all or they're not really say, sure. I'd so that's the quite half, interesting. Yeah, I'd say the half Would you agree with that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm really sure or don't use it. Probably do, um, but don't, yeah, as I said, don't, don't, don't know that they're, they're using it because... Uh, it's pretty hard to escape in the form the form of form of Google or, or even YouTube or, or what, what whatever else. So I imagine that they are they are still using it in some sense. And on the, on the opposite side of the spectrum, I wonder 
yeah, I wonder in what form the the fifty percent who are using it are using it. Um, I think that would be an interesting interesting follow up question for those fifty percent. Are they using are they using one of the generative chat functions? Are they using one of these uh, the countless number of tools that are built off the back of it now? Um, I'd be be interested to know in what what form people are using it. I'll follow up and I'll say, what are you using? Are you using ChatGPT, personal account? Are you, you know, are you using something else? Yeah, that would be a really, really good follow-up question <clears throat> indeed. I wonder if people yeah, are dipping yeah. in and out of ChatGPT yeah, on a so. daily basis. I, I, uh, we can ask about that. training as well, but an uh, interesting thing on, in terms of, obviously, Bard, Bard uh, going on a big push now. I don't know if you saw um, that Google had, have released an eight-part training course in a similar way to what they do with with Google Ads uh, for Bard, um, which is something else that we're encouraging people um, contemplating making um, compulsory in our business to do, uh, which is quite interesting. Future First is sponsored by SalesSource, B2B pipeline management and sales growth for your business. So we covered the selling part and the in internal implementation part, Fred. How would you, let's say, how could we talk about the implementation part of, of AI? Do you think there, there are any immediate challenges that companies are facing? Let's say if they want to implement it internally or use tools to help them, you know, sell to customers, etc. Yeah, yeah, there, there, there certainly is. Um, I think... I think one of the problems out there at the moment, and you get these wonderful, um, I forgot what they're called, they're, they're not the lunar scapes, but they're company scapes where you, where you can see all the different types of AI uh, you can use. Um, and on the face of it, they're all free. So you go in and you start using them, but then obviously they, they chuck in paywalls. Um, so it's really difficult to know which ones are the right ones to use. And Obviously, on their own, they're all £10, £15 a month, whatever. But because there's so many of them, you can't, you can't afford to be spending on all of them. So, so selection is a, big, is a big problem at the moment, especially because it's just so um, overcrowded at the, at the moment. There's so many businesses coming into the space and it, it, it makes it very, very difficult to select and choose which ones to use. Um, I think... The other problem I think that, that I've certainly certainly faced is it's wonderful to use um, Bard or, or ChatGPT from from a from uh, just just a generative chat perspective. But how you then deploy that in an automated pipeline becomes a little more complex because those are obviously I just type something in and it gives me a response. But say I've got to repeat the same function a hundred times. How do you go and do that? How do you um, actually make that make that happen at scale? And I think businesses probably haven't yet discovered, or most businesses haven't yet discovered how to how to deploy that correctly. I think that's a huge opportunity, isn't it? That there, like you say, I mean, we did a B two B AI landscape where we, I think we had a hundred and uh, we started out with one hundred and fifty, and then we brought it down to a hundred, a hundred. B2B AI platforms and, and software tools that have in some way got either, either their main um, offering is AI or they've got some AI uh, in yeah. the background. 
and um, it's just massive. And I went through a list of, I think, about 700 um, tools now that, that, that wow. are available. And, I mean, that's just probably skimming, skimming the surface of, of some of them. Oh. Well, I didn't do it. I found <laughs> <Okay>. it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Or I, I could have asked some AI to uh, to pull that together yeah. for me, um, but indeed, you're you're absolutely right. It's it's mental. There, there's so much out there, and then the question is, um, you've got to pick the best one, haven't you? So the companies have got to know which yeah. one to pick that's right for them, and then how do they integrate it into their into their systems? I mean, have you got any first hand experience? Of, of of doing that and having some challenges with that. Yeah, so the I mean the 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 challenge obviously in deploying uh, well selecting I I will start there I haven't I haven't come up with a solution for it it's it's a very difficult thing and there's certainly going to be some some consolidation in the market there's got to be um, probably won't happen as quickly as we expect just because the amount that's getting invested into all these companies but. Um, there will there will be consolidation um, on the on the deployment side. It's, it's it's interesting in terms of how do I how do I roll it out at scale? I'd, I'd encourage uh, companies who are wanting to to test and and, and develop an MVP for for use of a program just to use um, the the Google Sheets GPT plugin. Um, it's really really simple. You go to OpenAI, you sign up. Um, you, you go to extensions in your Google Sheets and, and you add in the GPT plugin. Um, and instead of having to go into the chat uh, and type in a question, you can do a formula and you go equals GPT, you open your brackets, um, and then you can, you can point it at um, a cell with some text in it for various questions and so on. So what that then means is say I've got 20 rows of data I can drag that formula down, uh, and I've now done. It's not it's not massive scale, but I've now repeated the process twenty times rather than having to type in twenty separate questions. Um, that is a really useful tip for just building MVPs, um, and that's how that's how we typically start with anything, just because it's it's cheap, it's simple, uh, and you can you can iterate really quickly. Um, going on from there, we, we've obviously we're, everything's running. We've got GPT four running through Azure, which is which is far more complex and far far less accessible. Um, so I'd always encourage people to start with with Google Sheets as the best best tool in the world for 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 building MVPs. Right. I mean, a working example is this: is that I wanted to reach out to. Um, 250 contacts and I had their email address but I didn't have their first mm -hmm. name and I wanted to extract their first name and I wanted to personalize an email and in most of the cases because they were fairly I would say young companies and startups and software companies the first name was did appear in the in the email yeah. address so I made a prompt to chat GPT um, to extract the first name and I was using free version of 3.5 and um, I, I tested a load of prompts, and I was absolutely amazed with the, how random the different outputs had become. So in one instance, it gave me just a mm -hmm. list of names. Um, and then in another instance, it listed the names and also the email addresses. And then in another instance, it got very confused and put the whole of the first part of the email in there yeah. as well. 
um, and then I asked it to tabletize the data. So it's and but now to know about that Google sheet connection that's really 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 handy and i think a lot of people will find that handy mm -hmm. as well but there's definitely an art to it isn't it there's definitely an art to building those effectively the prompts that work really well with with these it's systems just, right? um, and it's and it's, it's probably not completely trial and error but i i always say it is like in terms of the way that i approach it is just just flick a to chuck a load of mud at the wall and something will stick eventually and sheets is an amazing way to do it because you can just set up 20 columns each with a different prompt and you can see next to each other the quality of it but one thing that i find uh, and just following on from something that you struggle with um when when doing ad copy um side of things so as a business we do we do a lot of ad copy using using the gpt plugin and sheets as as uh, because we can do we can do vast amounts of ad copy quickly, but there's one real really funny uh, quirk that we have uh, that we we have to clean up afterwards. Is we say to GPT, it's Google ad copy, by the way, um, and you need to you need to keep it below thirty characters. Um, so it won't always do it, which is annoying, uh, and and it's it's really challenging to get it to stay below. There's various different ways you can make it do right. it, but then <laughs> occasionally and somewhat randomly, you'll, you'll it will do the headline, and then it will put brackets, and it will write the number of characters in in <laughs> in, in the copy as if to show off that it's done done it below thirty characters. Of course, taking it above thirty characters. Yeah. <laughs> I had exactly the same. So I said, if, because I had some initials, right? So they would say like A Smith, A dot Smith. And I said, if there is an initial of one or two characters that doesn't appear to be a first name, replace that color, that box with, a, with the word friend, mm. right? Um, so that I knew that everyone that was called friend, I would just remove them from the list. Or the email would say, hi, friend, yeah, yeah. for example. And it did exactly the same thing that you're saying. So it would then, um, it would sometimes put the word in friend, but then it would sometimes put the word friend and then the initials in brackets or the other way around. It would still leave in the initials or put the word friend yeah. in brackets. And it was so mad how inconsistent it was. So there's obviously, I mean, it's going to get yeah, better and course, better and yeah. better, but it sounds almost like well, the same well, thing. The part, yeah, part of all of our processes is, is understanding these quirks as well, because... Whatever we've done so far, whether whether it's in Sheets or whether it's in in Azure, um, there's always a data cleanup process as well. So it's, there's still a, there's still an element where we go down the list of responses, whether this is with product titles we spoke through earlier, ad copy, and you go, okay, where has it got it wrong? Okay, how do we clean this up? Is it that we run it through another GPT prompt, or is it? That we actually just need to do something like remove everything after the first brackets, which is which is simple and it cleans it up. Brilliant, yeah. Fred, last last question for you, um, and this really <clears throat> relates to where we are at the moment with AI. So, um, you know, first of all, do you, do you think that we are just at the very very beginning? Um, and it's a double double question. Do you, do you think we're at the very very beginning, or somewhere a bit more advanced than that? And how quickly do you think it's going to to develop and impact our day to day work? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's an interesting. <laughs> 
uh, interesting uh, thing in terms of where we are in terms of its maturity. Um, I remember doing doing a, um, a presentation years ago, uh, and I centered it round round the Gartner hype curve. I don't know if you come across that. If you, if you, uh, I haven't, but we can link we can link it in the cool. comments. Yeah, of the, the Gartner, so Gartner um, the the big big consultancy, um, release a, a hype curve each year, and, and effectively it, it falls products fall into five positions. They're either in the innovation trigger, peak of inflated expectations, and then when when people get to the peak, they realize, oh god, there's actually. Uh, most of these products are actually crap, and then there's, there's there's a trough of disillusionment, and then and then things start to pick up again. Um, I think we're probably very much at at, at the peak uh, of 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 um, over over expectation or inflated expectations at the moment. So yes, there, there's, it, it's wondrous, and, and there's a huge huge amount of positives you can see there. But I mean, we've already alluded to the fact that that there's far far too many companies and it's far too overcrowded for all of them to be to be of use so i I've, imagine we're very much going to see a, con- a consolidation of the number of companies probably years from now um and then uh and then and then from there the, the real good ones will start start rising rising out of the ashes i guess and the, the, what was the second part to the question sorry i got lost do you think? How, yeah, yeah, it was quite a quite a big two big questions sandwiched together there for you on a, on a Wednesday morning. Um, yeah, the the second part of the question was, I mean, how how quickly do you think it will impact our our daily working lives? Oh, I, I mean, on, on that side, I think I think it already has massively. Um, I, I I can't explain now how much it it saves me on on a given day. Um, I do a lot of uh, just just because it interests me, I think is probably similar to you in that in that sense. But um, I do write a lot of scripts still, and uh, do a lot of lot of stuff in Power BI. And for the fact that I can go into one of these, um, I can go into any generative chat uh, and just ask it and say, for Power BI, can you create me a quick DAX formula that will do this for me? Or if I go into Google Sheets, uh, sorry, can you create me a quick app script that will do this uh, and it will write me pretty much all of it and yes I still need to have enough knowledge to be able to edit it and uh, kink, uh, iron out any little bugs in it but I mean I, I could spend days doing that in the past and I can do, I can do it in 10-15 minutes now so it's having a big impact for sure on, on my working my working life um, and as I say I'm just trying trying my hardest to encourage the rest of our our team and uh, to to use it um, both both obviously it, it benefits our company if everyone's more efficient but I just want to make sure that everyone's um, equipped equipped for the future um, and that they're able to to make sure that it's in their their workflows now um, so yeah it's certainly having a massive impact now it's just about uh, to go back to the first part of the question it's just about um, making sure that you you pick the right ones which is which is such a huge challenge. So I'm probably wasting more time yeah. selecting the right one at the moment uh, than anything else. 
there is a lot of noise out there. I mean, I'll give you one key example. So we use Riverside to um, record the podcast, and before I was using Otter AI to then yeah. upload the file to put it in Otter AI, which would then transcribe it into script, and then I would check the script and then could make a nice summary of the podcast through that script. But now Riverside's just wow. got it in. So I'm just inside Riverside, and then after after a while, um, the whole podcast will be transcribed, and then we can put that into ChatGPT, ask it to tidy it up and pull out the key points and then I'll humanize, I like to call it human humanizing <laughs> AI um, to make it sound a bit nicer because it does really, a lot of the times it sounds yeah. like a robot, doesn't it? And when we ask for, you know, make some questions for us, the questions are very, very, very similar, which makes sense because, you know, it's, uh, it's being asked to make yeah, questions. Yeah. Um, as, soon as, as soon as you ask it to humanize something, it does get a little bit confused. <laughs> yeah. But I anyway. think, think we all get, we'll get a bit scared when it, when it does that really well. Yeah, indeed. Good. On that note, Fred, thank you very much for coming on to the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. There were some nuggets there and um, definitely need to link in the Gartner hype curve. Um, example that you talked about. Yeah, the Gartner, thank you. The Gartner yeah. hype curve, thank you. And also a link to how to uh, to use Google Sheets in combination with ChatGPT. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me on. Thanks for tuning in and making the choice to listen to this podcast. If you liked what you've heard today, please don't forget to subscribe. <laughs>